will try not to poop ourselves. We will try not to shard ourselves. No sharding in the show. No, because we don't want to change our underpants. Yeah. Go. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Thursday, April 28th, 2022. The Bajo is intact. <laughs> we are back and not better than ever, but rest assured we are back. Okay. Did you okay. miss me yesterday, Jake? Yeah, man. It was. I missed you so much. You were right across the, the hall and right outside my door, sharding the world away. <laughs> exactly right. We are uh, live in Los Angeles this morning. One more show tomorrow. Um, but tomorrow, will we be talking about a game three win for the Utah Jazz. Will Kyler Murray still be an Arizona Cardinal? Will Stephen A. Smith change his opinion about the Utah Jazz? No. Does anybody care what Stephen A. Smith says about the Jazz? No. No, I don't think they do. And no, we still have not gotten a wedding gift. <laughs> but, you know. I see that's what everybody wants to talk about today. You know. Wedding gifts and farting. Is you that know, it? That's what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you guys do a 700 episode yesterday day? Well, see, Cody, Strictly, and um, uh, we'll talk about it. There's all know. kinds of sound effects to go with this. And, <clears throat> you know, it it, it just it kind of is what it is. But let's start talking about the Utah Jazz, Jake, because obviously tonight is a very important night in this run through the playoffs for the Utah Jazz. It's game three against the Dallas Mavericks. And I think... I think confidence amongst jazz fans is probably at an all-time low, and I, I don't understand this. So I just want to kind of take your pulse on this series because I don't feel like the jazz have lost anything. I think the jazz went to Dallas. They split the, the first two games on the road, stole home court advantage. So I'm a little surprised, Jake, that there's so much negative Nellyism going on. Yeah, I think I think the reason there's negative Nellyism going on, if Thank you will, you. is that is that Jalen went for 40-plus, and I think that Jazz fans are a little surprised to be losing to a team that doesn't have Luka and doesn't have Tim Hardaway, and and, and, and I can kind of understand that on a surface level, but you know, for anybody who follows the team on a consistent basis, you begin to understand that, hey, this team, it, they don't have to have, Dallas doesn't have to have Luka and Tim Hardaway to beat the Jazz, I, I, and, and that's just because of the way the Jazz are built. And, and how quickly the, the Mavericks were playing. And, and we've, we've had this conversation over and over again. We told you about it earlier in the week and before the series started and as soon as Luka was heard. And everybody knew what the Mavericks were going to do. And the funny thing is the Jazz really, you know, stopped them in game one, I felt like, did a decent job. And then in game two, you just didn't – you didn't do your job well enough. And so – you know, I, I, I know there are a lot of people saying, well, hey, then that means that game three and game four, you know, you kind of are in a must-win position. And and my first thing that I want to say is let's just take this one game at a time. I, I think game three is a must-win. I think this Jazz team can't afford to lose at home the way the Mavericks can afford to lose at home. I, I think the Jazz need to be heading back to Dallas up 3-1. That's the position that you need to be in 
to lock this thing up. And, and I, I think anything short of that is, is unacceptable. And, and um, I, I think if you're the Utah Jazz, you want to send a clear message that, yeah, maybe you won one game, but you're not winning in Salt Lake. Thus, this series is over. So I, that's, that's where I think this series is at. But, but for all the people who are panicking or like, oh, man, like the Jazz are just crumbling, like I think that's a little bit unfair. I think that's a little bit too quick. I think they lost a game. Just the same way that other, that just the same way the Bucks have lost a game. Just the same sure. way that Brooklyn has lost two games to Boston. Like there are a lot of other teams. Like just the same way that Memphis and in in uh, Minnesota have split. Like I think these series are are at a place where they're just beginning. There's the old saying that you know playoff series don't start until the home team loses. Well. Now, you know, that has happened. So I think I think right now the Jazz just need to take this one game at a time, and they need to handle their business at home. You lose game three, okay, now you can start to panic a little bit. But if you win game three, you handle your business, there's no reason to panic. I think the biggest difference is you don't have Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. I think the biggest difference is that when you look at the teams that are 1-1, they don't have – you know, a fan base that is riding very thin ice emotionally because this team has let, has let, you know, themselves and the fan base down for years. And so I understand, I guess, the fragility of this fan base. But if you're a Jazz fan this morning getting ready for game three, I would have a sense of anticipation. I have to believe that the Jazz come out and absolutely dominate this game tonight. You're at home. You're back in your own surroundings. You're going to have an unbelievable game presentation tonight uh, by the Utah Jazz with the color striping and the T-shirts, and it's going to be loud. There are a few home court advantages in this league as dominant as Vivint. Um, I mean, there's every reason to expect that the Utah Jazz are going to come out and control this game tonight. And if I'm a Utah Jazz fan, I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. And I think the other question is, what should you expect out of Donovan Mitchell tonight? And again, maybe I'm too much of a Don Homer. I expect him to come out and have a 45-50 point game tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the things I expect are, yeah, a big game from Donovan, um, whether that, you know, obviously it depends on the game. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he put up 45 or 50. I mean, he had 34 the other night, and it didn't feel like he did anything, you know. I think more so to the point, I'm expecting this Jazz team to make 23s. That's what I'm looking for. You need to come out tonight. You need to get the driving kick going. And you need to knock down those threes. And I want to see Bogdanovich in the corner wide open. I want to see, you know, all the other guys that are role players on this team doing their damn job. And I think that that starts with Mike Conley. I think Mike Conley is the guy that's got to have a bounce back night. You you were literally a non-contributor in game two. And your team lost. crazy. Like, you didn't score a point and you basically fouled out. So, I think that for Mike Conley... This is a bounce-back game, you know? Don't be surprised if Mike puts up 20-25 to 25 tonight. Don't be surprised if he's got the floater going. Or if he doesn't have that going, don't be surprised if he's got the three-ball going off the screen from Rudy. So I just think that this is a home game. It's the first home game for the Jazz in the series. You got, you're going to have a lot of momentum. You're going to be feeling good about yourself. You're going to be comfortable. So why not come out and dominate this team? Why not come out and have a 10, maybe even a 15-point victory because that's what I think the expectation is nationally people think that that hey the Jazz are this team that were a number one seed last year they have struggled more this year but that was 
injuries and they're probably better than what their record has I would kind agree. of shown. Yep. So they should come out and they should, you know, frankly kick the hell out of the Mavericks at home. So, you know, if on the flip side of that, let's say that that doesn't happen and you play a tight game, then I think if you're a Jazz fan, you have reason to be a little concerned, a little bit upset. But I don't think that that's yeah, going to happen. I, I, I don't view it that way. And I, I, I guess this is just me. You know, like I, I, I look at guys like Donovan Mitchell, and I think this is what Donovan's built for. I mean, these are the games that guys like Don live for. And he's got – Tim, this is this game tonight is a lot of things, but what it certainly is and is is an illustration of Donovan Mitchell as a superstar. This is a game where the Utah Jazz need Don to carry this team, and for Donovan Mitchell to carry this team, he's just got to be himself. Now you need the other guys around to step up. I agree. You need Bogey to have another big game. Uh, I talk about it all the time. My belief is that if he scores twenty, they have an exponentially better chance of winning. Um, I think you're going to need Royce O'Neal to continue to hit threes. You need Mike Conley to be part of that. Like, you need the Jazz to get back to Jazzer size, right? Yes. Like, you need the Jazz to get back to doing what they do. But I'm telling you now, Donovan Mitchell is going to determine win and loss in this game, and yeah. probably in this series. And it, it this is this is one of those moments where you expect a guy like Don to step up and do that. I have every confidence that he will do that. I mean, if we talk about key players. I, I, honest to goodness, I think it is you've got to have Donovan Mitchell go for 40-something, and this team's got to attempt a minimum of 43-pointers yeah, tonight. Yeah. You have to get back to that well, that gunslinger three-point <clears throat> shooting mentality. I mean, if you're just doing basic math, to, to, to make 23s at 40%, you really want to be right around that 45-ish to 50-attempt yes. number. I mean, because that's what's realistic. Again, that's where... And this is kind of what we talked about earlier in the week, that in game two, this team got away from who they usually are. This team tried to run sets for Rudy on the block. This team tried to just do some things that are not their strengths. So why would you not come home, get ball movement back into this offense, and get the, and that starts with driving kick. Dri yeah. Drive the paint, break the paint, kick it, and swing it. And you can't tell me that guys like Bogdanovich won't make it. You know, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting last night to watch, you know, George Niang in Philly, a guy who basically has one job in life in the NBA, and that's to make corner threes, stand in that corner, wait for guys to make plays, get the ball, and knock down the shot. That's that's what we need to see tonight out of out of these out of role players. And I hope that I really hope that the Jazz don't mess this up. Do what you're good at. Play to your strengths. You know who you are. You know who you're not. Play to your strengths, and I think you will be fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they do it. I mean, some of the things I think you can watch for, fast break points certainly are something in this series that we've seen um, that continually define how um, these games have been won and lost. And I think with the Jazz, when you force the Jazz to play faster – Generally, that's not a good thing for the Jazz. I think they are much better when they are sl a slower team that tends to run pick and roll a lot more instead of that faster, quick trigger ISO basketball that the Jazz tend to play a bit of. Yeah. Um, I think you have to slow the the Dallas Mavericks down. I also think the free throw numbers, you, you watch for the free throw numbers because 
I think the Jazz were getting to the line quite effectively, and I'd love to see more of that. I'd really love to see Rudy and Don at the line quite a bit. And and really, the guy who needs to be at the line is Boyan Bogdanovich. If, Bo- if Bogey gets to the line a lot more, I think that's better. But I also think you can watch for individual performances. Mike Conley, I don't think Mike can come out and try to get 10 in the first half and feel like he's back. Yeah, I think this game just needs to flow. I think you need Donovan to have a huge start. I think you need Bogey to get hot. And I think somebody else has to step up. Boy, wouldn't you love to see a 20 and 20 out of Rudy Gobert tonight? Yeah, I mean, you would love to see that. And I I think that, you know, your point about the free throw line stats is is crucial because what do we know that Dallas is trying to do? Dallas is trying to get out and run. Yeah. So one of the best ways to control the pace of an NBA game is to get fouled. It is to quite literally slow the game down. And so that's why I think that, like, that's why it's so important for Don to be hitting from outside early in the game. Because if he can gain yes. the respect of the defense and force the defense to play him high, like the, I've seen this year in games that I've watched where he's hitting from three early in the game, defenses push out and will pick him up at the hash uh, on, on their side of the floor. And when that happens, a lot of space gets opened up around the rim. Donovan, being who he is, being quick and being able to get by guys, what does that do? Well, if you can get by that initial defender in the pick and roll and get to the free throw line and get into the Absolutely. paint area, yes. then you're going to be able to kick. And that 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 look is the one I'm talking about, where you're literally wide open in the corner. It should be, uh, for someone like Bogdanovich, that should be like, if he got five of those, he should make four of them. You know, if he got seven of them, he should make six of them. Like, that quality of look is what you need to generate tonight. And I think that all... That whole situation starts with Donovan Mitchell. So that's why I say, like, I whether it's 40 or 50 or it's another 25 to 30, but he's getting a lot of guys involved, Donovan decides what this team does because ultimately if he's clicking, the rest of the team is clicking. So that's I, I really think he needs to just have one of those nights where he is locked in and making most of what he takes. Yeah, it's interesting that in the last two games um, that they have only shot um, what is that? 29, 39, 51 three pointers combined in the last three games. So if you do, if you do, you know, just some basic math, typically when this jazz team wins, they shoot 40% from three. So you said 51 threes, right? 51 total threes, 22 in game one, 29 in game two. So if you, if 51 times 40% is 23 point makes, that should be one game. Yeah. Not two. Yeah. So they so if the stats were right and they did this right, they would have taken a hundred threes through two games, and then they would have made their numbers. So it, it, why the style change? That's the thing that I'm struggling well, I think, with. And, I think, and we talk about this whole forcing it to Rudy thing. Yeah. We talk about the ISO ball thing. Like, how is this team that that is lived and died on the three ball for the last two years minimum? Yeah. Gone away from it to start the playoffs because this is a team also you got to remember in the Jazz, they they were a, a three-point shooting machine at the end of the regular season. I mean, it, it I I would love to understand why is this team all of a sudden gone away from the three-point shot they took the that game against Phoenix to end the season. They shot 38 threes in that game. Yes. I mean, that's who you are. Yeah. So why all of a sudden, and I don't know if this is a Quinn Snyder thing. I mean, I, I don't understand it. 
you're taking at least 10 less threes a game in the playoffs than you were in the regular season, and that's your identity. Yeah, well, I think the issue is is that they so, – so this is this is kind of like a two-part answer. So, number one, why would they change and start feeding Rudy the way they did in these – in particularly in game two, but a little no bit idea. in game one as well? Yeah, well, no I, idea. I, I think what they did – and, again, this is my opinion. I mean, we don't have people literally telling us this, but, like, my opinion is based on what you came out and tried to run because it was an actual set that you drew up. My opinion is is that, you know, Rudy Gobert saying, hey – Dallas doesn't have size. Get me the ball and let me let me get to the line or let me impose my will the way he did. Um, you know, like in the Olympics as an example. Because if you if you wind the clocks back to the Olympics when he was playing for France, what did we see? Oh, all these post moves and he was really good offensively and everything's awesome. Since then, I feel like Rudy's been trying to get the Jazz to run offense through him. So when I saw this in game two, I was like, oh, okay, so you're saying that Dallas doesn't have size and, and you want to try and take advantage of that, which on a surface level, I actually don't necessarily think is a terrible idea. The problem is, is that this is the NBA. This isn't Euro basketball. The NBA is tough. The NBA is physical. The NBA, the the name on the back of the player's jersey doesn't matter. He's there for a reason. Yeah. So I just think that if you're the Jazz, sure, Rudy should get touches, but not in that way. I really liked the set that they ran early in game two where they put Rudy on the, on the strong side elbow and they had two guys on the wing, basically playing a three-man game. You put it in Rudy's hands. He kicked it right back out. That was an open three-point I love the pick and roll at the top of the key with Don or Conley and yes. drive and kick. That if, if, to me, if they, if they run, if this team runs out of every 100 possessions, 75 should start with the, the high pick and roll. I, 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 it's, you're so good at it. You are so good at it. Yeah. And you have such good three-point shooting on this team. Do you, man, do what you do best. And next year, this summer, change your identity in the summer. Right now, fuck giving the ball to Rudy Gobert. Like, this is not somebody who it, and you've seen it repeatedly. When he dribbles, it's a turnover. When he's got to make a move to get up to the rim, it's a turnover. Yeah. Why are you going to do that now in the playoffs? It's a playoff game. Right? And speaking of Stephen A., I do want to play this bite real quick because I'm curious, Utah Jazz fans. A, I don't care what Stephen A. Smith has to say. I think Stephen A. and Max Kellerman are two of the worst guys on television. Frankly, I think they say things they don't believe. I think they say things just to be outlandish. Only I don't think he's wrong about this right here. I got to confess to you, man. I can't stand the damn Utah Jazz. They make me sick. They always, always, always wet the bed. They make me sick. I mean, they really do. Doncic is out. Tim Hardaway Jr. is out. It's a playoff game. And Jalen Brunson drops 41. I'm a fan of Jalen Brunson. But 41 points? For, this is what Utah does. This is what they do. Every single time you expect something from them, they let you down. If I'm Donovan Mitchell... If I lose this series, man, I take my jersey, I walk out, and I throw that damn thing in the trash. I don't even fly home with the team. Okay. Every hey, hey, see, like, <laughs> I just run out of want to. What he said there is, is basically the Utah Jazz continue to lose in the playoffs. Yeah. 
And he's not wrong about that. And I think, I think there's a lot of blame to go around for this. I think that um, Quinn Snyder, certainly on this style thing, stylistically speaking, I think Quinn Snyder deserves a lot of heat for that. Um, I think Mike Conley, I don't know. Is it Mike's fault? I have no idea. Well, I certainly think you have to hold him accountable. I, I think it's definitely not Quinn's fault that Mike went O of, I think O of three and O of seven and didn't score at all and got into foul trouble. Like I, I, I think, you know, it, 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 we can't get away from saying, hey, Mike, like you got to understand that they are going to come after you. Like you got to understand that they understand you lost a step, which he has. And I don't have a problem saying it. He has lost a step defensively. Don needs to play better defense as well. Because if you think about it, that's where all their problems started in game two. When Mike got into some early foul trouble and then and then they started taking well, advantage. Wait, 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 wait. This, this point, and I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. This infuriates me. The three-point issues, uh, the the uncontested, whatever it was, 17 uncontested threes for Dallas, mm -hmm. I think 11 of those were Boyan Bogdanovich assignments. Right. So, Boyan Bogdanovich simply not rotating defensively. So, Donovan Mitchell over the last two days has taken an inordinate amount of heat yeah. for defense. He wasn't the only guy on Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson scored a ton of points on Royce O'Neal. There's no doubt about that. What I'm saying is, defensively, I I get that Don has to be better, but let's stop lumping all the defensive problems onto Donovan Mitchell's plate. Boyan Bogdanovich was a huge problem defensively in Game 2. He has been all season. He simply didn't rotate in Game 2. Like, he simply did not. When Maxi Kleba's in the corner and Rudy Gobert is sagging, that rotation responsibility on that side of the floor was always Boyan Bogdanovich. But why is that? Because that's the design that Jason Kidd has in his offense to expose the Jazz. Because you don't have an athlete in Boyan Bogdanovich who, I don't know, is the word capable of rotating? Sure, he's capable of it, but he doesn't rotate well. So I, I understand that as a team, they've got to be better defensively. But not all of the defensive issues in game two were on Donovan. And I, I think we need to be we need to be a little more discerning about who we're pointing the finger at defensively. I think it would be easier not to point the finger at Donovan Mitchell if he had a bigger impact on the game offensively. And and I think Well, I don't know what more what I mean, what more do you want him to do? I mean, I, obviously fourth quarter's an issue. I don't disagree with I that. I just think I don't know what the specific answer is, but but what I do know is that you put up, I think, thirty four points in game two. And I literally said in the fourth quarter when we were watching it, like, does he have, like, what has he done in this game? Like, it doesn't feel like, and, and I've been saying this for a minute, like, when Don has, like, Don regularly puts up 30 points a game. Yes, he regularly. does. Regularly. It, it, it's almost assumed that he's going to put up 30. So the guy can score, but it doesn't feel like he's impacting, the, like, it doesn't feel like his points have this big, like, hey, I'm Don, I'm at 35 points in this game, put some respect on my name type thing, you know? Well, if you look at his shot chart in the fourth quarter, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he he made three shots in the fourth quarter, that's it. And there's a lot of misses in the paint. Yeah, he took 11, 12, 13 shots, and he missed four, he missed those two easy layups, but he missed both the threes he took. You that's know, what like, I'm saying, like, if he even makes half of those, he's pushing 50 points in that game, so... I don't know, man. That's that's why I say, like, I understand you're you're you really like what Donovan Mitchell brings to the table, and 
And it, we are being harsh defensively on him. I, I agree with that. But the problem is, is he's the point man defensively. Everything, again, on both ends of the floor, everything begins and ends with him. And and I understand that Bogey but didn't see, rotate. I, I like, just don't think that's accurate. I don't think on the defensive end that everything starts and ends with Donovan Mitchell. I think it starts and ends. They have to play together because they are not good individually outside of Rudy, and, and Rudy can be easily exposed defensively. Yeah. Outside of Rudy Gobert, they're not good defensively on an individual basis. Even Daniel House is showing you that it's tough for him and it's tough for anybody in this league to stay in front of elite athletes. They have to be better as a team. Marcus Smart won the Defensive Player of the Year because he's on the best defensive team in the NBA. The Jazz yeah. are not that anymore. They haven't been that in two years. My point is, I, I I just think there's too much heat on Donovan defensively. That's that's just my opinion. Is he a good defender? No, he's not. Is he the reason that they're giving up all the points in the threes they are? Well, no. He is not at all. Donovan Mitchell is is has very little responsibility for the issues on the perimeter defense for this team. He is he is not the guy you need to complain about getting his hand up. He allows guys to go by him too easily. He is too comfortable feeding the 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 basketball to into the paint so that Rudy can block a shot. Yeah, I would agree. It, it's that simple. Yeah. Uh Snuka, what's up? Good to see you. Uh Jordan A, what's up? Good to see you. Edgar Garcia. Stephen A is annoying. Thinks the world of himself. I can't listen to anything he says. It's tough. I would agree with that. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast says, congratulations on 700 episodes. Here's to 700 more. Thank you very much. Yes, today is episode 700. Yes. Of yes. Nine Monty Show. Yes, 700. Crazy. Yep. That we've done 700 shows. Um, and by the way, it'll be right around a year. A year from now, we'll be at 1,000 if I don't kill you before then. Right, uh, right. Rudy Sanchez says, and I mean with my guess. Right. Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. How are the Suns looking without book for the next two games? Okay, if we're being honest, that's why I didn't do the show yesterday. It had nothing to do with the fact I was shitting myself repeatedly. Facts. Um, you know, <laughs> I just, my, my heart was broken, um, for Devin and, you know, I just couldn't bring myself to get out of bed yesterday and, uh, well, I did, I did poop. <laughs> well, no, I didn't. What see, uh, they're not looking great. Um, Devin Booker had 31 first half points, uh, Monday night. Wait, I thought you said he had 31 in the first half. He did 31 Dude. on Tuesday night. Excuse me. Dude. And then, yeah, in the second half, he injured his hamstring on, like, the second play of the second half and did not return and looks like he's out for game three and four. It's rough. So, who knows what happens? This is this is why the playoffs are, you know, we can all say, hey, the Suns are the best team and they're going to win a championship until Devin Booker gets hurt. They let you down. You know what I'm saying? So, we'll see. Not good. Edgar Garcia says Max Kellerman was better than Stephen A. I Okay, we're moving on. I can't do it. Yeah. Welcome back, fellas. Hope you're feeling better. Greg Hawkins says, I am actually feeling better. Um, we'll talk about it. Trust me. It, it's it's been, a, it's been a journey. James Knight says, what happened yesterday, casuals? Did we have a sequel to Captain Porcelain? We did. Captain Porcelain. We did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, cool So Cool Jr. CJ So Cool Jr. says, a must win, but I'm sorry. I wish I could feel good, but Quinn is just awful. I look at coaches like Willie Green, kid. They make adjustments, 
play they rooks rooks bring play butler i don't know is jared butler a guy you want on the floor right now i don't think so i don't think I, so either I think the only time i would have even considered playing him was when uh they had trey burke in the game that's the only time I would have even thought about this playing. ship sailed in February and March. Yeah. I mean that, that you, you never gave him a chance to get Well, And you already know that Quinn's not real in love with playing him. I mean, overall, just like the entire season. So it's not surprising to me that, that we're, that he's not playing him. But I, I, I think the point uh, to CJ's point, like, I think, yeah, a lot of other organizations do play their young guys, but it's too late now. You've made your bet. Yeah. Like it's time. It, it's time to lay in it. Um, Spencer Morgan says the Rudy fatigue on this team is obvious. It's impacting players effort. Yes, it is. I think there was clear frustration with his turnovers the other night. Um, and he, you'll notice the other night, he was also doing the finger pointing thing with bogey. Yeah. Like calling him out and uh, it, this could be an ugly summer. This could be a very ugly summer. Yeah. Uh, Del Hargis says Snyder needs to make better in game adjustments, more house on defense, on Brunson and JC in the fourth quarter if we need points. I think you will see more Don Clarkson, House, and, um, you know, the whoever that fourth guy is with Rudy. Probably probably Royce. Um, I'm still surprised we have not seen any Rudy Gay in this series. Like, no I'm Rudy really Gay. surprised by that. No Rudy Gay. No Eric Pascal. But Eric Pascal, I I don't again I put him in with the the Jared Butler, like I don't I, you can't consistently play a guy that, that hasn't consistently played. Wow. And yeah. so I I think you're gonna. But how do we? But how do we say how do we say that about Pascal, and not apply that same logic to Gay because Gay hasn't played a ton. Yeah, but he's played enough that you would expect him to play. And again, I just say. You know, you look at who you're playing here. You're playing seven guys. Yeah. You're basically playing House and Clarkson off the bench. A little bit of Has Hassan. Hassan. And the other night, we got a little Nacho Belgrande. Nacho Belgrande. What? Isn't that how you pronounce when Nacho Belgrande? You're going not in? that guy, pal. Trust yeah. me. You're, you're not, not that, that guy. guy. You're not. Extra cheese. Uh, anyway, the point is, <laughs> you're getting House and Clarkson off the bench with you know, Roy, Spogey, Rudy, uh, Conley, and Don. Those are your seven guys. Yeah. Those are the guys you're playing. Those are the guys who brung you. Yeah. Right? But where the hell is Rudy Gay? Rudy Gay needs to play in this series. I mean, because if if we're being honest, the one guy I feel like on this roster that he can check is is Maxi Kleba. I mean, it. Yeah. stop playing zone. Start playing man. Be accountable. Help defense, rotation defense. You've had two days off. I would hope that you watched film and you worked on your rotations. Right? That's what I, I would hope for that. I would hope. But, again, I think the real question is, okay, when the Jazz are up five at the end of the first quarter, how do you bounce back? Or, I'm sorry, when the Mavs are up five at the end of the first quarter, how do you bounce back? When, I think the Jazz are going to be up 15 points at the end of the first quarter. I hope so. Hey, I hope so. I really do. But all I'm saying is when adversity strikes in this game, because it will strike, it, it will happen. We saw it. Listen, the 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 Boston-Brooklyn series is very indicative of this Jazz series. It meaning, is. Meaning that, that you have a team in Brooklyn that hasn't really played a ton of basketball together, uh, struggles when adversity hits them, should have won a game last night, and blew it. Right, I think I think Boston went on like a twenty-something point to two-point run in the fourth quarter. It's the same situation. 
they, except they are down 2-0 and you're tied 1-1. So tonight, when we're watching this game, I'm telling you, they should come out and they should absolutely light it up from three. That is, honestly, honest to God, that's what I expect from this team because that's who they are. They have the arsenal to knock down six, seven, maybe even eight and, threes. And what happens with Luka? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think if I'm if I'm the Mavericks, I, I agree with you. I'm not rushing him back. But if you lose tonight, he's got to play in game, in game four. He has to. What do you make of all these injuries? Because now that Chris Middleton has a sprained knee. Yeah. Um, that's a big loss for them. How about, by the way, is Jeremy Bolton here? Yeah, where, Jeremy where's Bolton? Buddy? Where's where are you? Where are you, Jeremy Bolton? <laughs> How about my guy? How about the headband's looking my clean? My guy, headband looking clean, man. Alex Caruso last night, yes, took a huge block to essentially. He, how many guys in this league can win the game by taking a block? Yeah, go ahead and try me then, or a charge rather. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, ten assists, diamond out, knocking down shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's Alex Caruso, the headband assassin. Oh. Uh, anyway, yeah, Jeremy's not here. Wonder why. Um, but you look at the injuries <laughs> going on around this league, whether it's Book, whether it's Luca, you know, now Chris Middleton. These are big names that are injured. And there was only so many compressed schedules that you can run out there yeah. before this was going to start happening. So I think you're starting to see the war of attrition now. And um, I think... If Luca, I wouldn't play Luca tonight. I'd play him. I'd play him on Saturday at one flipping thirty in the afternoon. Like, why are you, man? Anyway, it's not good. It's not ideal at all. <laughs> so we'll see if Luca plays Saturday, but yeah. I don't think he plays tonight. I think it's a must win. Yeah, Caleb, what's up? How are you, Caleb? Caleb, 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 Caleb. Stop putting pepperoni on your pizza. Look, get down like that. Look, man, it's bad enough you're from Detroit. That's in your DNA. I can't fault you for it. This man was a bona fide scrub. Can't fault you for it. But you're an adult. Okay? And I just want to treat you like an adult for just a moment. Mm -hmm. I just thought that you would appreciate me treating you like an adult. Stop putting pepperoni on pizza. Start putting pineapple. It is a crime. It is a crime. Terribly vexed. Okay, look, I uh, man, you know, we, your Instagram is nice, and then you put pepperoni pizza on there. Fucking and, a. What are you doing? Yeah, like the respect. I mean, you're well, casual. Vibe with me, Work man. Work with us. If Damn it, it. it get some sausage, man. Get you know. What a stupid son of a bitch. But, pepperoni. Damn. And look, again, I understand. Detroit, totally get it. Never. But pepperoni, unforgivable. All right, I feel better. Mitchell Harding, hey, guys, uh, how, how are you traveling? And by the way, it's freaking a must win. If they don't win tonight, the world crashes and Luca's mom isn't hot anymore. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that is true. I love it. Um, we are traveling by Audi SQ5. Thank you very much. Yeah. Red leather seats. Right. Um. The traveling's been great. It's lovely being in L.A. 
Um, it, and Luca's mom will always be hot. Yes. Yeah, I'd hit that twice on Sunday, too. Yes. God bless you. Yes. The Sabbath and stuff. Right. Uh, cool. So CJ So Cool Jr. says Jason Kidd's game plan is run the Jazz uh, off the line. Bench Conley. They're targeting him. Uh, Rudy has a has a small he has to seal back down. Dunk, I would like to see Gay Pascal for energy. How about double team traps? I would like to see them be more aggressive um, before the ball comes over the timeline. Yeah. I'd like to see the Jazz pressing in the backcourt. I agree with that. I would get the ball out of Brunson's hand. I agree with that. Um, I would do a lot of what, what the Mavs are doing with Donovan in the, in the third and fourth quarter, which is run at him. Um, I agree with that. Junior, I think you're you're exactly right. The perimeter defender sucks, Louis Diaz says. It's not Gobert's problem. The wings do. If Shaq is our center, we will not ask him to close out on the perimeter. But again, again, Shaq played in a different time. Yeah. This league is a three and D league. Yes. That's what the NBA is today. You you now are seeing the reintroduction of the elite mid-range game, which is why guys like Giannis, Booker, CP3, Middleton. Like Chris Middleton, DeMar DeRozan, you're seeing these guys dominate because they dominate in the mid-range yeah. and they can shoot the three. So yeah. I don't disagree with you, Louis. I mean, uh, Louis also says Don sucks in the clutch. He wants the ball in his hands rather than make a blender play. I, I think I want Donovan shooting it, but I want design plays for him to get his shot. Yeah, that's the problem. They, yeah. they, 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 they in the fourth quarter, and this is I, – I think this is a really interesting point about this team. Like, in the fourth quarter late in games, they tend to lose themselves a bit. And and this is not just a Don thing. That's like, very this true. Is, this – for the Quinn people, this is what you should be talking about. The people who don't like Quinn Snyder talk about the fact that this team loses themselves when adversity strikes. I mean, we, we've seen it. Multiple times, not just blowing the big lead, but but the way you blew the lead. It's not like you were playing your best basketball and the opponent just out-executed you and played better than you. Like, that's such a good point. Like, you're not I playing agree. good basketball late in the game. And and that's, yes. that's what happens. So, tonight, uh, interesting question. Something that I would pose to everybody. Watch this game. Do th Are they up 20 heading into the fourth quarter? And can they keep that lead? Just a question. Something yeah. to look for. Big Dog O-Town says. See, why you do big, that to big me? Dog, Shout the Mobamba. Uh, Going to play conspiracy theorist here. Uh, it might be a calculated move to show these Rudy Homer fans. See, we trying to feed him the ball, and now y'all can see he horrible. Infowars.com. And he, <laughs> he got to go. Big Dog, my guy. Bro. Love it. Uh, <laughs> he's probably not wrong. Leonard Donnan Endelove says, we back. Love yes. the show. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. Spencer Morgan says, Quinn Snyder derailed both Clarkson and Conley by pulling them due to foul count. Well said. Yeah, that could be for sure. Brandon Whiteside says, that is the Brickley improved shooting Mitchell. Better save his money this offseason. Uh, I think that Chris Brickley's had a phenomenal impact on Don's range. Look, There's I, no doubt about that. Look, I, I think that, yeah, his range is extended. There's no question. But, but I think to your point you've been you've been saying this for i don't know how long now i mean it's been months at this point that you've been talking about the fact that don's game is so limited because he doesn't quite understand how to dominate and control a game from the mid-range yes. the way you know your mccollums and your chris pauls and, and all those guys you were just listing off 
know how to do. And, and, I, and I think the, the really interesting thing, the game within the game, if you will, is the fact that Don is 6-1 and he's trying to play in the mid-range. So because he's 6-1 and not like 6-6, that changes the way he has to play. Yes. So a lot of times we see Don gets the switch onto the big, but because Don isn't entirely comfortable playing in the mid-range, he'll get his shot blocked or he'll do this or he'll do that or turn it over or whatever. So I think to your point, this summer, if he can develop that mid-range where he's real comfortable and he understands how to be that savvy guy and get guys in awkward positions and draw fouls and just be that dude on the floor for the Jazz, that will open up so much for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think it's got to be – he's got to be a dominant mid-range player. And it's not that he can't. He doesn't – the mid-range that you've seen from Donovan previously is not what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about – understanding how to operate in the half court to get yourself to that spot where you're absolutely locked. And you see it with book all the time. Hell, you see it with Mike Conley a lot. Yes. Who's able to move off the ball to get that teardrop in the lane or there's a way to go about it where you, you are absolutely automatic. And the issue really is that the jazz don't run sets like that. Yeah. They, that's not what they have as a team. I, Again, just tonight, please shoot your your 40-plus threes. Please bring the driving kick back. Get back to who you are as a basketball team. That's what I would ask. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, morning, guys. That really sucks for the Suns. Yes, it does. Hey, that's uh, injuries, though. LDN says, Trey playing. Uh, Trey Young is playing horrible against the Heat right now. What was he, 2 of 10? He had 25 points on 20 shots. Rough. 10 turnovers the other night. Brandon Whiteside says, if you didn't do the show because Booker were going down, did you let Jake know that the Nets are down 0-2? Ooh, I hadn't told you that yet. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a conversation to be had. Kevin Durant, 0 of 10 last night in the fourth quarter, I think it was. Yeah. So, I mean, Not there's good. there's conversation to be had, no doubt about it. Louis Diaz says, I agree. Rudy Gay and Pascal uh, in wing is a key rather than uh, bogey. Jeremy Bolton says, good morning, Jeremy. Well, well, My well, man. look who decided to show up. Where's the headband today, Jeremy? Uh, James Knight says, I would pay money to punch Caruso in the face. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, the only thing I like about Dallas is Luca's mom. Thank you. John Jackson says, I can only imagine how big of a change the Utah Jazz will make after this season. It might be one of the biggest talks of the summer. The players expect it. The fans expect it. We want to win. Yeah. Clock's ticking. Uh, let's see. Spider Cheetah says Ten Hag just went to Manchester United. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, I think that Marcus Rashford won't be there. I don't think Rashford will be there. That's just my opinion. Jeremy Bolton says, uh, James Knight Caruso may have had a good game. I want to punch myself in the face for saying that. Doesn't change, whoa, the fact that, uh, I think he's still overrated and I want to stick his headband up his butthole. I'll drop that motherfucker. Wow. I want to stick his headband up his butthole. That's not very nice, Jeremy. Well, for a guy who's playing with a damaged wrist, I think what you're seeing from Alex Caruso is exactly what he won the game by drawing a charge last night. I'm and I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating that. The charge that was called on Giannis uh anti your mama was I mean, that was a huge moment in that game. And by the way, the three hit was yeah. in the 10 dimes he dropped in the, you know, the block shots. He's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, vote for Pedro says foul merchants are taking the 76ers 
to the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, they are lighting. Joel Embiid's the best player in the NBA right now. I mean, that guy. Yeah. Dominant. Good Lord. Dominant. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys Alex Caruso. No, I'm kidding. It's Jesus Christ destroys atheism. Uh, says New Orleans making the sunset in the house of the New Orleans in the house of the rising sun. God bless. All right. Smoke and peyote cool. this yeah, morning. All right. Yeah. Uh, how classy were the Liverpool fans? Respect. Yeah. How classy were the United fans chanting at them? I can't stand Manchester United. I And I used to be at, when Robin Van Persie was at United and Sir Alex Ferguson was banging your mom and like everything was great. Fucking A. And I just don't. Yeah. United is not the United that I grew up watching. No. By the way, did you see that the Ricketts pulled out of the bidding for Chelsea Football Club? Let's go. Club? Let's go. Let's Thank go. Thank God. Let's go. Thank God. The Ricketts family will not, in all their gay-hating glory, own Chelsea Football Club. Thank God. Thank God. People don't understand if Luca wasn't on the Mavs, they would still be in the playoffs. At least a play-in team. I wasn't freaked out because they won one home game. I expect them to win at least one game, Cody says. Okay. I think the Dallas Mavericks are an okay team without Luka. They're just too athletic for the Jazz. That's why they're able to compete. I do think that they are really good at playing together, though, and like kind of I would agree with pulling that. in the same direction when their best player is not playing. I would agree with that. By the way, let's talk a little bit other NBA players. Yeah. What do you make of the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker? I think they're still one of the best teams in the league. I, I think that the Suns have been able to play really well um, with injuries throughout the year. Uh, and, and I think that they, they will be fine. I, I think that what happens is you lose your best player in the middle of that game and you have to kind of patchwork it on the fly. I think moving forward in games three and game four, they're still going to win. I, I think uh, it'll be tight, but I think that they will edge the, the Pelicans out. And the reason for that is I think that the Suns understand how to control pace of play. So they're not going to allow the Pelicans to get in a position where there's these huge momentum swings and the Pelicans are just dominating for like 10 minutes at a time. That's not going to happen against the no. Suns. They're not going to allow that. They're too good. So to me, the guy that has to step up is DeAndre Ayton, I think, because you know what you're going to get out of Chris Paul. You know Mikhail Bridges is going to knock some stuff down. You know Jay Crowder is probably going to knock some stuff down. So if DeAndre Ayton can have himself a game, they're going to be fine. But it's definitely, uh, it, it is uncomfortable to say the least. If you're the Suns, you're like, all right, we got to really buckle down and play our best basketball while Book is out. And then when he gets back, hopefully we just get back to normal, you know, because they are a better team, no doubt. Well, and the Suns have to find a way to to rebound the basketball in this series. I mean, the, the length of the New Orleans Pelicans with, I mean, Brandon Ingram's a guy that not a lot of people are going to talk about. Um, but I can only say for so long that Herb Jones is a stud. I mean, I'm telling you defensively, the guy's a real problem. Um, and he is a difference maker. And, and you look at what they're getting from uh, Valanchunas with double-doubles, 10 points, 13 boards. Um, you look at Larry Nance Jr. giving them 13, 13 points and six boards, two dimes off the bench the other night, two big assists. Um, like they get, they get a lot of contributions from a lot of different dudes. Yeah. And obviously the C.J. McCallum pickup was huge, but – I think when Devin Booker had 31 points in the first half on 7-11 from three, the Suns would have cruised to a win in that game. Yeah. But they're going to have to adjust now. And somebody, and it's probably going to be Cam Johnson, is going to start. 
Cam's going to have to get back to 20-point Cam. You can't score 11 points on 10 shots and think that's going to be good enough. Yeah. Because you're not going to win a whole lot of games doing that. And for my money, I think Cam Johnson has the ability to do that. Um, I look at I look at the some of the other series. Um, this Memphis-Minnesota series phenomenal. is phenomenal basketball. And I think when you you start looking at that series and you see the bounce back that Memphis got to win um, by 28 points the other night, and very clearly, um, I don't think there is any doubt that John Morant was on a mission to win that game. Um, and I love, you know what I love about John Morant? He isn't falling in love with that with that three-point shot. Yeah. He makes 11 buckets the other night. Only two of them are three-pointers. He scores 24 points. And the other thing about Memphis that we've talked about that makes them so difficult is they get it from a bunch of dudes. They get a lot of they get a lot of contributions. Clark, to me, is one of the, the most under-the-radar guys mm -hmm. that nobody talks about. I love what he's bringing. I thought that Dylan Brooks, while he didn't put up very many numbers I thought he really created some havoc um but the one thing that's really interesting is Anthony Edwards has not been stopped in this series yet yep and he I think he had 20 in this game he did they lose 124 to 96 he still scores 20 Carl Anthony Towns has 15 by the way did you think that was dirty on Towns no when Towns set that pick no I think it's I mean, you can view it as dirty if you want to, but I think it's opportunistic. I think that, you know, big men have the ability to, you know, for lack of a better terminology, lay the wood to guys. And I think that 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 Ja is the Mem is is Memphis. Ja Morant is is that team. And I think if you can take him out, the impact of that is is huge. And and I think that um, you know, like it or hate it, that's sports. You know, injuries are a part of sports. Whether it's intentional or not, that's sports. So I don't think that it's dirty on the level of what Grayson Allen did to headband, but I think that <laughs> I think that I think that Cat definitely Grayson knew what he was Allen. doing. I think he knew what he was doing, and I think he took an opportunity. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But that's the NBA. And and again, I'll keep saying if you're John Morant, you gotta be mindful of that stuff and you gotta steer clear of that stuff at all if at all possible. No, no. no. Yeah. Do you want to hold hands? No. Because we got to no, talk don't. about Brooklyn. Don't. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. No. Do you want me to stroke your shoulder? No. And make you feel better about yourself as a man? No. Um, so you bitch. I mean, <coughs> uh, Kevin Durant, um, he's down 0-2. Mm -hmm. And in all seriousness, mm -hmm. this Kyrie Irving situation is getting difficult. So it is Ramadan. Mm -hmm. And Kyrie Irving is observing which means that he does not eat anything other than water. He does not ingest anything other than water from sunup to sundown. Mm -hmm. And he was, at times last night, gaunt. Like, he looked, he lacked color. He lacked energy. Mm -hmm. Like, he looked shrunk. Like, the guy looked like a guy who was emaciated. Yeah. Sunset time came and he walked off the floor and he literally came back having eaten and was eating and he scored 10 points last night. They lose 114-107 and the thing that stands out to you is they turn the ball over 14 times. Kyrie has 10 points. Only 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving combined shot one of three from three. Yeah. Now, having said that, holy cow, Boston's good defensively. Yeah. But Kyrie Irving's a problem for the Nets. And as good as he was in game one, I mean, my man looked like he was dying out there in game two. Yeah, I, I think where I'm at with this series is, yeah, I mean, Durant was not good enough yesterday. Kyrie is a problem, you know, but I also look at the scores of these games and what it, what did it take for Boston to win at home? This is the mindset you got to have if you're yes. Brooklyn. What did it take? I mean, in game one, it took a broken offensive play at the end of the game and a Jason Tatum spin move to win that game by one point. Okay. Well, and a great defensive play by Marcus Smart and then a great pass by Marcus Smart. Sure, but my the point remains, they won by one point at the oh, end of a the razor, game. a razor-thin margin. Yeah. Like, a razor-thin I mean, margin. You, you, you won by a razor-thin margin at home, and you're supposed to be the best defensive team in the league. Okay. Game one. All right. Nobody expected Brooklyn to win game one. Okay, fine. Game two. This is the game where I think some, some interesting things play out. Number one, Kevin Durant didn't make an adjustment for the for the Boston defense, and Brooklyn hasn't made an adjustment yet. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I got, let me, I got to sit up. Let, wait. I'm sorry. <clears throat> let me get comfortable here. Okay, go ahead. Continue to make your excuses. I mean, your thoughts. What, what I'm literally uh, uh, criticizing Kevin, the guy. Kevin, um, you know, he's long and thick, and you know, he is girth. Um, you know, sometimes it, it's you got to wait for the pendulum to swing back, and right. it, you know, right. He's the best scorer in the NBA, and he didn't get the job done. There is no excuse. Yeah, to shoot two three pointers last night. Yeah, in my opinion. Kevin Durant's not the problem. This is a Kyrie Irving issue. And I never thought I would say this. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would say this. I really, I did not think I would say this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't touch my, don't touch my breasts. (laughs) Oh, your breasticles. Don't do it. They're Uh, definitely real. I, I, (laughs) I never thought I would say this, but I think that for the first time, this is where you need Ben Simmons. This is where you actually honestly miss Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. because Ben Simmons runs up and down the floor at, you know, like a, a a breakneck speed. And what does that do? That creates room. Yeah. And it helps Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving's not making Kevin Durant a better player. They need Ben Simmons, who by the way is playing three on three and four on four. Mm -hmm. And they expect him to play in game three or four. If he plays, I see a light at the end of the tunnel for the Brooklyn Nets. But Kyrie Irving's a real problem because he just could not do the job last night. Yeah, and I and I think that, you know, the whole Ramadan thing, like while I respect it, I I think it's it's an excuse. I, I think that's all it is. Like it it, it is a it is an excuse well, as to why you're not performing. But listen, I I want I mean it's bro. It's nine more days of Ramadan. But this is my point, though. It's the entire, I, but I, but it's his religion. I don't fault I don't him care. for Ramadan. I well, but I do. Why? I, because I think he has a right to exercise his religious expressions. Okay, and, that's true. But the issue is, he needs to find a way to handicap that. You can't tell me that sundown to sun up. It, you can't replenish yourself or I don't know what the answer is, the, but the, he, he supposedly does not take IVs. 
one of the ways that I guess that you can replenish yourself during Ramadan is if you take a clear fluid IV mm -hmm. because you can drink water in clear fluids. You cannot have any of uh, nothing else, nothing else. But that's not who Kyrie is. But I don't fault him for observing Ramadan. What I fault him for is I think you have to prepare yourself so that you can observe Ramadan. Yes. And I don't see him doing that. And I think that's the bigger issue for me. Yeah, that's my that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's an excuse. The whole, hey, it's Ramadan, so I can't play well, is an excuse. It, well, it's, but, it's but for, excuse. for Brooklyn, I think it's a reality. I mean, this is this is the peril of spending money to build a team instead of drafting. This is the difference between Golden State and Brooklyn. Yeah. That's I mean, that's as plainly as I can say it. And I think Kevin Durant has delivered on every penny plus some of money that you have paid him. Yeah. Kevin Durant has delivered. I don't believe that Kyrie, certainly James Harden did not for them. Nope. I don't think that Kyrie has. And I'm curious what they get out of Ben Simmons if they get anything. I mean, a herniated disc is nothing to play with. But And and then, by the way, to finish this up, I, I just think the world of Joel Embiid. I, I don't know. I don't know. How that guy gets himself ready to play, and the level of awesomeness that it, if it, I'm telling you, he probably won't win it. But if Joe doesn't win the MVP, it's a travesty. Yeah. I mean, I look at how much better he has made Tyrese Maxey. Repeatedly, Maxey is able to play in wide open spaces because of the domination of Joel Embiid and James Harden. You know, God, God rest his soul. Um, the best of James Harden is gone forever. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I'm amazed that Joel Embiid is able to carry that team and hit a game winning three point shot on the, on the baseline mm -hmm. and then talk shit to Drake walking off the floor. He's an assassin. You're a pimp, bro. Like you're yes. everything I've ever wanted my son to be. And you'll never be <laughs> right. He's right. everything. It's not you want. the best situation. You know. and we all know that. Joel Embiid's a stud, bro. Like, come on. All right. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys atheism, says Luca is very good, but Donovan definitely better. That's obvious. Easy to see. Well, I don't know. Maybe I need glasses. Uh, Dan David Glover says, for me, the negativity is the way the Jazz lost and the growing possibility of Luca coming back. Generally, I believe the team with the best player in the series usually wins. Luca is the best player. Well, there you go. Brandon Whiteside says, you know where Kevin Durant would be useful? Probably the Bucks. Wow. Jeremy Bolton says, LOL, Ben Simmons. See, Jeremy? Like, I actually lowered myself to say Ben Simmons is needed for the Nets in this series. Like, there's no doubt about that. Ben Cinnamon. Okay. Tanner Plummer <laughs> says, LOL, if KD robbed a bank, Jake would find a way to justify KD's actions. I don't think I justified guys, his guys, actions. Guys, 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 guys. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, depending on Ben Simmons is like depending on buckets or bench for the jazz. Well, he shot the three pretty well. Jesus Christ destroys atheism says eating ramen at dawn. <laughs> Ramadan. <laughs> wow. Scott Howard says it's a must win. Uh, guys, 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 guys. Tanner Plummer says, um, Ben Simmons, AKA Ben 10 will save the nets. We'll hey see. guys. We'll see. Hey guys. Stop eating ramen. Yuck. I love ramen. Ramen's beautiful. Buckets O'Bench made some clutch shots so far. Maybe he's the answer. LOL, JK, Tanner Plummer says. 
Um, Jesus Christ says maybe Tyrese will get the maxi contract. See, like he's ramen, yeah, he's taking the names and, Ramadan, and stuff ramen, and putting them together and max you know. contract. Hey guys, uh, Joe bailed out Doc's play calls. Yes, he did. David Locke said on Locked On yesterday the Jazz didn't play hard in Game Two, like it was a game in November. Um, I totally disagree with yeah, that. I, I totally a hundred percent disagree with that. I've watched every Jazz game this year. I think maybe I've missed 10 total minutes of jazz basketball the entire season. It wasn't an effort issue. The rotations were not because of a lack of effort. Um, Donovan Mitchell, not, you know, it's not an effort thing. It's an ability thing. When are we just going to say this jazz team isn't, is not good? Yeah. This is not a good team. Yeah. Why do we make why do we make excuses like, oh, well, it's an effort thing. And what David Locke is doing there, and again, I don't have a axe to grind with David Locke. I don't know David at all. Um, but what I would say is David Locke works for the team. Mm -hmm. When you say that a team lacked effort, like it was a November game, that means you can fix that. I got bad news for you. There's no fixing what ails this jazz team. There's not. And by the way, you're not giving your full effort in a playoff game? Come on. Yeah. Don't it, be an that's idiot. crazy. Don't be an idiot. Uh, eBay, the sofa server, says Maxi makes his own space. No. Actually, he does not. Um, when you look at the way that the, – the thing that James Harden brought to Philly was the ability to play 1-2 basketball with Joel Embiid. And what that's done is it has forced the weak side guys, which is where Maxi and – um, you know, I mean, just about all their other, I mean, they, they really play two-sided basketball in Philly, mm -hmm. but if you look specifically at Maxi, thigh ball to a lesser extent, I mean, but again, he can't play in Toronto. He can't play in Toronto. No, that's exactly right. But I also look at Tobias Harris, mm -hmm. Tobias Harris is in the same situation. It's creating opportunities for them because the gap lengthens from their man to the, to, to them, that gap between them. It, and when you're as fast and as quick as, as Maxi is and you shoot the three as well as he does, that space that Joel Embiid is creating for you is all the space that you need. Yep. So it's it, this is no different than, like, you look at the Chicago Bulls. One of the greatest shots in the history of the Chicago Bulls is John Paxson in Phoenix. It was 100% ball movement and offense that got that open shot. You look at Bobby Hansen in the corner Bobby. Or, or Steve Kerr at the top of the key. Michael Jordan created that space for them. You know, so you look at a guy that creates his own shot. Michael Jordan did not push off. No, I'm not going to do it. He hit his own <laughs> shot there. I'm not going to do it. That motherfucker don't miss, man. You know, um, Scott Howard said, Locke rewatched the game play by play. Cool. Uh, he pointed out the jazz weaknesses, athleticism. David Locke is just coming around to the idea that Jazz lack athleticism. Um, Utah is going to need to make four trades this offseason. Seriously, Jesus says. Danny Ainge won't just sit back and watch this. Uh, will This will get interesting. Uh, the Jazz are a sinking ship with no captain because he already abandoned the ship. Uh, okay. I don't know what that means, David. But listen, I, I, it's not new that this team – this team struggles athletically. Yeah. How long have we been saying that? Years. Like for two years. I mean, their their lack of rotations is not an effort thing. If you look at the the portions of that game, 
And if you look at the pictures and the videos that I've tweeted, like the issue with Rudy Gobert, it's not that Rudy can't get a hand up on pick and roll threes. He chooses not to. It is a discipline issue. It is rotations are a lack of athleticism. There is, by the way, the other thing is that I think guys are scared to say there's a lack of basketball IQ on yeah. this team. Um, you look at you look at where these guys who's the championship player on this roster? There's not one. There is not a single guy who's been in the biggest moment in the NBA. I I look at guys on this team. There are very few guys on this team. And this is Rudy Gobert in the Olympics. And this is the point that so many people got pissed off that we made. The U.S. team isolated Rudy off the floor. Why is it so taboo? And this is the thing that I think some people need to understand. There's going to come a time that Rudy Gobert is not going to be able to play in the last five minutes of a game. Because it's either going to be Quinn Snyder is not going to be the coach of this team or Rudy Gobert is going to play in another city. Mm -hmm. One of those two things is going to happen because you're eventually going to figure out that Rudy Gobert is great at defending the rim. But can we stop with this bullshit narrative that he's the best defensive player in the league? I can't believe the travesty. Marcus Smart. Oh, my God. Marcus Smart deservedly so. Won the Defensive Player of the Year. Can we point out, Rudy Gobert was not a second-place guy. He was third, and it wasn't close because Mikhail Bridges, who I thought should have been the best Defensive Player of the Year and won the award, finished second. Marcus Smart won by a landslide. Yeah. What I'm trying to tell you is Rudy Gobert is a problem, not a solution. He is a liability in the last five minutes, not an asset. And until we start truth-telling about this team and we stop talking about effort, I saw David Locke's tweet. And what he said was, oh, I watched every play. Here's what I learned. Click the link. That's cool. He went back and watched every play. The guy travels with the team. He's sitting courtside. He should know. Facts. He should know. Yeah. Right? What I'm telling you is the same thing I've been telling you for two years. This team lacks athleticism. They lack basketball IQ, and they don't know how to win games because they don't have a winner on their roster. Yeah. Because their roster is the same roster it's been for two and a half years. Pack your shit. Let's go. This ain't rocket science. If you needed to rewatch every play of a playoff game to figure out they lack athleticism. Anyway, I feel better. Jeremy Bolton says Gobert can't cover everyone. This, this argument makes my head hurt. Do you understand that Rudy Gobert's job is not to cover everyone? The defensive struggles on this team are not Rudy Gobert's fault. But Rudy Gobert makes terrible basketball decisions late in games. And why is that? Because this is not a seven-foot league, unless your name's Joel Embiid, unless your name's Kevin Durant. Look at the dominant seven-footers in this league. How many of them play the, the style that Rudy Gobert plays? None. Not a single one. Not a single one. The issue for Rudy Gobert is they handed him a contract that essentially outed him as an average player in the league. He, Rudy Gobert, it's time to stop with this nonsense. Tell the truth.
Rudy Gobert is an average player who happens to be really good at defending the rim. That's it. That's who he is. He is a very limited offensive player. He is a very limited defensive player when you ask him to get outside of the restricted area. Mm -hmm. He's a very limited offensive player. And you're paying him $41 million a year on average. That's not Rudy's fault. You'd have taken the money too. Yes. But when you make that money, it comes with a higher level of responsibility and a higher level of scrutiny. And the truth be told, Rudy Gobert is an average player in this league. Donovan Mitchell right now is an average player in this league. Facts. They're your two best players. And I'm just going to say, go back to what I said last summer when they re-signed Mike Conley. It's a mistake. This will come back to haunt you. And you're going to pay a guy who's not going to contribute. That's what I've said. And that's exactly the situation you're in. How long are you going to count on Royce O'Neal to be your best defensive player? What did I tell you about Daniel House three weeks ago? Hey, man, you're going to get to a point where you're going to play this guy too many minutes, and he's the, 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 the law of declining return is going to hit. And it's hitting right now because he's not making his three-point shots. Yeah. This team's average. Rudy Gobert is an average player in this league who does one thing really well, defend the rim. That's it. That's the Utah Jazz. He's not an elite player. And we need to stop making excuses. Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, Rudy's job is to cover the paint. That's his job. The rest of the team sucks defensively. Correct. 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 That's correct. Uh Jesus Christ destroys says they hit 17 threes against Utah. That's an embarrassing record. Uncontested threes. Uncontested threes. I, I just, I wish that we could truth tell without people losing their shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's I, jazz fans, man. And I, the, you know what? I, I'm, I'm tired of saying, Hey, we told you so we told you, but we've been talking about this for two years, guys. Like, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that you guys are here every day, but this excuse making's got to stop. We got to stop making excuses for the jazz because you're emotional. And when you're emotional, you don't tell the truth. You make excuses. Keep it real. Look inward. Look at yourself. Say to yourself, what am I doing wrong? If you're Rudy Gobert, what are you doing wrong? Nothing. You're playing at the best level you've ever played at. And that's great for you. But... <laughs> You're average. Donovan Mitchell, what am I doing wrong? You go to sleep in the fourth quarter. It's a playoff game. You got to drive and kick. Quinn Snyder, what am I doing wrong? I have no discipline. It. I, I do not discipline people. I do not discipline Rudy for bitching at officials constantly. I do not. You know the other thing is? Watch how many times Boyan Bogdanovich winds up on the ground. Watch how many times he loses his footing. And then you watch... He will sit on his ass, and what does he do? Looks for the official to complain at the official. What's Jalen Brunson doing? Scoring. Well, him and his teammates are running down to the other end of the floor. Like, the basketball IQ on this team is a problem. The lack of athleticism is a problem. The lack of quality depth on the roster is a problem. The lack of championship rings for a team that thinks they're going to win championships is a problem. They let you down. Okay. All right. This has been good. It's been therapeutic. And I'm glad we got it out of our system. All right.
Should we talk real quick about my butthole? Yes. Yes. Okay. So a lot of people asked yesterday and you guys, I, I want to say in all seriousness, and I know I just railed for like 10 minutes, but I really appreciate you. You guys bring such a high level of enjoyment to my day. And everybody sending me messages, you know, Greg Stever yesterday, like you know, Barry sent me a message, like um, Riley O'Brien saying, hey, I miss you guys when you don't do the show. Like, I really appreciate that you guys are here every day. It, it Honestly, without you, this show would be nothing. And so I have really been struggling physically. Like I have had a terrible bout of food poisoning. Mm -hmm. um, I got sick on Sunday night. And Monday, that's why we didn't do a show Monday. Like, I was sick, sick all day Monday. Yeah, thank you. Um, I thought I had recovered on Tuesday. Like, I slept most of the day on Monday, um, ate real light. And then Tuesday, I felt like a million bucks. I was back to myself. Right. I made the mistake of going and getting a taco. Mm -hmm. And I had pico and onions on it. And it just wrecked me again. Mm -hmm. And, like, total relapse, like, butt mud, like, Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I woke up at midnight on, I woke up at midnight, 1235 on Wednesday morning. Right. Just unloading the colon. Like, <laughs> it was horrendous. Yeah. Like, I took a shower when I was done. Really? Yes. I was in the shower at, at 1240 on Wednesday morning. Dude. It was terrible. Like, I mean, terrible. And so yesterday, I'm like squeezing the butt together. I'm like, nah, man. I can't do it. So yesterday, here's what I ate yesterday. Um, for breakfast, I had oats and didn't eat. And that was at 7.45 or 8. I didn't eat until like 2.30, 3 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I had toast with peanut butter and some yogurt. Right. That's what I ate yesterday in total. That was it. And I feel great today. I slept eight hours straight. Um, did not have butt mud in the middle of the night, <laughs> thankfully. No colon vomit. So far today, I'm fine. I feel great. <laughs> so far today, I feel fine. But it's the worst thing in the world, man. With it is. Food poisoning, like you're sitting on the can and you don't know what's coming out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is just awful. It is awful. Yeah, man, it's the worst feeling. It, it it really is the worst feeling. And I'm glad you got a full night of sleep last night because yesterday, you know, yesterday was uh, you, you, what was it, like maybe 2.30-ish, you know? You kind of start hitting the wall energy-wise because that's what happens. I mean, you can only go so long. Oh, I, I turned it like the power switch. You know how like you, you see like there's a – you lose power and you're like – you're like, mm. yeah, like, that's two thirty yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Like done. Yeah. Done. And it's just that it's terrible. I have not had this since the nineties. The last time I remember getting food poisoning, I was like 25. Mm. Um, I was, I was working in radio in Chicago and I was managing a Baker's shoe store. And I remember sitting in the bathroom at the Baker's shoe store, just exploding into the bowl. What that's kind of the shoes last time. I don't remember. Man, I wore my red my Raging Bull 5 Air Jordans yesterday. Oh, they're amazing. They are amazing. Incredible. Man, it is it it food please. I will never eat another dry aged steak again ever. Yeah, yeah, man, dude. 
the the worst part is like my neck is still sore from throwing up dude that's a that's rough that honestly that's rough i don't wish like, that on anyone the other night i threw up so violently that like i strained these muscles on the side of my neck and i will say though you want to lose a little weight get food poisoning because <laughs> it takes it off the frame bro i put on my pants this morning and i wear pretty much every day I wear one form or another of Nike yoga pants. They're yeah. the most comfortable pants in the world. Yeah. Um, and they're like too big now. I, honestly, and I've lost a bunch of weight over the last three, four months. I've lost like 30 pounds or whatever. I bet you I've lost five, seven, ten pounds over the last three yeah. days. Oh, for sure. Well, because what happened? I mean, you lost your entire gut, dude. Yeah. Like your everything that yes. was in your stomach is gone. Yeah, and it's weird. Don't look in the bowl. Don't like, do you, do you on the regular, do you look in the bowl when you get, yeah, up? you got to admire your work. Come on, man. When you see what it, I mean, <laughs> my system apparently does not digest onions. Oh, well, bro, it, 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 the onions and stuff, the Pico, you know, yeah. Nasty. I mean, nasty. it's just, it, yeah. It, so, so tonight jazz are on, got a couple of good games on tonight and it's just us at the crib. Right, yeah. The girls are. Uh, it's bachelorette night. But you're on. You're on. You're on the injured reserve right now, as far as food is concerned. Well, I'm hoping to put out some like solid crap today. <laughs> if I can take like a normal poop. So if the MRI and the poop comes back clean, then we're then we're good. Yeah, I'd like some luggage to happen today. Although I haven't eaten much bulk. Yeah, so that's gonna be tough. So I don't know that that's gonna happen, but. But what? So like, all right. So what are you? What are you will like today? Because yesterday you weren't really eating too much, like you were saying. So today, what's the game plan? I'm gonna have a whole buttload of oats today for breakfast. My wife makes the most amazing oatmeal, um, so I'm gonna have oatmeal, and then I'm probably gonna I'm gonna try and have a protein bar, because the other thing is I feel a little weak, like I do. Yesterday, like my sister-in-law was asking me, like, how are you feeling? Like, because everybody in my life, everybody knows this is going on, right? Um. Because usually, like, we all, like, we enjoy when we're all together like this. It's so rare. It's probably twice a year. We love going out to good meals. We like, you know, we like right. living a good life. And we haven't been. Mm -hmm. And so, like, she was asking me yesterday, like, how do you feel? And I said, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just weak. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm weak. I don't feel, you know, like, usually every day when we're lifting and we're working out, we're eating really well. Like, I feel... Like I can do lift. you even lift? Yeah, I feel like I can lift a house. What do you bench? Yeah, two twenty-five. There you go. The weird thing is, right now, I just don't feel that strength. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, but that's what I'm missing. I'm missing my fastball. Yeah. So if I can eat some protein, if I can get a protein bar, and because uh, yesterday was like all day, my stomach did not hurt. It, I like I ate whole wheat toast. Yeah. Whole grain toast with peanut butter. And some uh, Oikos Triple Zero plain yogurt. And you had some Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers were great. Ritz crackers. That my stomach hurt, so for lunch I went to we went up to the grocery store, and I bought a bunch of plain food. Like I bought Ritz crackers, which were great. I felt so much better after I ate the Ritz crackers. Um, but that's the kind of food that I'm eating. They they say the the rice, um, you know, like the the banana rice applesauce kind of diet thing um is what'll get you back on track and so today i'm gonna add the bulk back see and here's the problem here's the real issue if i'm being selfish 
When you when you can't eat, that means that I'm not eating. Cause I ain't gonna go and get Jack in the box and eat that in front of when you. When one goes in, dude, we all go through we it. We all you go know? through like it. I, you were like, "Well, I'll take you by Jack in the box." And I'm like, "No, dude, I can't do that in front of you because you, you can't eat it. I ain't gonna do that to you." You know? Yeah. So everybody's asking about the bachelor party. Okay. Uh, Tanner says, "Congrats, Monty, on losing weight. Thank you. You got to look into the bowl to see what what is killing you." It's, you have to. Well, but I'm. It's just. A, the stench is terrible. Like, and usually I don't have like foul malodorous poop. Right. You, yeah. Usually. <laughs> you're on point with that. Those, you know, usually my poop is perfect. Like it's, it's, it rolls right out. It's nice log. But right. it's beautiful. We send each other because usually we're not together most days. Right. We send each other like pictures of nuclear explosions. That just, motherfucker don't yeah, miss. Yeah, like usually man. I don't miss. <laughs> it's about it's about 10 a.m. for me every day. So drop it. When you turn around and you look down and it's just like the foods you've eaten. Like I crapped out lettuce leaves the other day. This is a code 10 abort. Like I lit, lit crapped out lettuce leaves. And the science behind this is that when you hurl and like you reset your system, you don't have the stomach bacteria. So Correct. your body is just all Correct. You don't have the probiotics. Yeah, to knock knock it down. Yeah. Um Perfect poop, LOL. I didn't know that existed. Yes, it does. Poop logs, baby. That's right, Jesus Christ. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, no doubt about it. Will there be a bachelor party for for Bullets guy? Hell, hell no. You think I'm gonna? You think? Hold up, hold up. I I take I take exception to that even being a question. I would never waste an evening on Buddy. But ever. wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I'm glad you said that. One of the comments on YouTube the other day was like, "You're a coward." He called me an effing coward. Because you talk about this guy behind his back. We've had the conversation, me and Bucket of Bullets, yeah. have had the conversation face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So let's not get this twisted. He knows where I stand. I don't give a shit where he stands. <laughs> he, he's, <laughs> my man is well aware. But I've been, I wanted to get them a, a wedding gift, and most people are like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And... So tonight, my wife has organized an event for her mom, who's getting married to Bucket of Bullets, mm -hmm. and they're going to go out and do their bachelorette thing. But this dude, I'm telling you, this dude is like... He's weird, bro. He's 80 years old going on like 100. He's yeah, an old he's, dude. He's weird, bro. So I don't know what I would even do with, to, for a bachelor well, hold thing Hold on. Let's him. be clear. We're not doing a bachelor thing for no. him. I would never waste my time on that with this dude, with all due respect. I got to watch the jazz tonight. I, I got, I mean, I got all kinds of hoop to watch tonight, bro. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton wants to know if you guys going to do a civil war reenactment for a bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me go and see if I can find some, some bolt action rifles to, to fire off, uh, you know? No, what I, you know what? There's just a lot. Of, what is it about him? You don't like. Just morally, I think the guy doesn't care about other humans. Like, he's he likes big game hunting, which I'm totally against. Um, I would never kill a protected animal. I would never kill a giraffe, a an elephant, a, a rhinoceros, hippo. a hippo. He talked about wanting to kill a hippo. Um, he, like, comparing abortion and mask wearing to containing, um, you know, like, mosquitoes with a chain link fence. Like, the other day he said masks make people sick. The CDC and... You know, like five universities just got together at a peer-reviewed study that showed that masks actually make a difference. Well, like with this airline thing, um, not wearing masks, people are like, oh, I don't have to wear a mask. 
well, if you wear a mask, it still protects you, even if nobody else in the room is. Like, he just is all about all this other stuff. But anyway, morally, he just doesn't care about people. He doesn't believe in, you know, like, women's rights. Like, my wife and him, as I said the other day, got into a conversation about abortion somehow. And the guy just doesn't care about women's reproductive rights. Like, just... No. You know, it's ridiculous. It, it The whole thing is ridiculous. And he's marrying into the family. Jesus Christ destroys atheism, says Guns N' Roses uh, singing Civil War playing in the background. At the wedding. Absolutely. That song is amazing. Uh, how about you get him some dried free steak for a gift? Could do that. Buy him a fresh new typewriter and a Cabela's gift card, Greg Hawkins wow. says. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's funny. Tanner Plummer says, do you know... Uh, what you guys should do for a bachelor party, you should do a reenactment of the 2020 presidential election. How about Trump Dude. melting down Dude. on Piers Morgan yesterday? I'm not a big fan of Fox. Holy cow. Uh, and Garcia says, take him out like blue from old school. No, come on. The guy deserves to live a little bit. Uh, Erich Devera, good morning to you. Civil War reenactment. Oh, would love to see Monty on tights in a wig costume. Hey, baby. Um, I'd make that look good. Anyway. It's actually not that easy, but for me, it was easy. So the wedding is Saturday. Not looking and forward to it, by the way. It, it, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be the MC of the wedding. Um, and then like my brother-in-law, who. So wait, what does that look like exactly? I, I hey, five minutes. Everybody, get in your seats. All right, all the clan. The uh, anybody in the, the clan, clan. Anybody in the clan? Dennis's, you know, fraternal order of racists. You all sit over there. Me. All the black folks and minorities sit over here. There's bulletproof glass between is the it, two is sides. Is it bad if I spend if I spend the ceremony in here breaking down the set? Yeah. Would that be disrespectful? Do you think he's a racist? I don't think he's a racist. I, I think that he doesn't give a shit about other people. That's what I think. I think. So. I think that he doesn't care what color you are. He just doesn't care. He doesn't about like you. you. Yeah, like I think. But I he's think, 80 years old, and he's in that generation but, that they think they know everything. And he's the crusty old man who's done everything. He's literally get off my long guy. He That's is. That's who he, he is, is, dude. That's who he, he is. is. And I think that, you know, the tough part is, is like, like so the the thing is not even that they're getting married or, like, yeah. any of that. It's never the actual You're event. My boy, Blue. The issue is, like, the casual setting stuff. So, like. They come over the other day. Well, well, or last weekend when we first got to L.A. I think it was Saturday this this happened. Maybe it was Sunday. I can't remember. But but or no, Sunday for Easter. Everyone comes over for Easter last Sunday. And he's sitting at the kitchen table while everyone's outside. And then it's me, Monty, and, like, two other people that are watching basketball together, having a nice conversation. Everything's cool. Talk about kosher. shoes, cars, Teslas. It's great. We're just chilling watching the game. So what do I hear? Dude sitting at the kitchen table on his phone – on his little, uh, you know, on his little phone, legs are crossed with his shorts that are too short and his Velcro sandals. His Velcro sandals with white socks on underneath them. And my mother-in-law comes in and she's like, honey, honey, everybody's outside. Why don't you come outside? Hawks. Come spend some time with the family. No. And he won't no. do it. He won't. No, no. I'm, I'm fine. No, I'm, I'm fine. no, I'm not doing it. I'm fine no. right here. I'm fine right here. No. This is good. I'm fine right here. Like, you're just a douche, bro. Like I, Like, I just don't understand you. I don't get you. I don't vibe with you. Okay, so Greg Hawkins is on a roll. He says, buy him a new prescription pill organizer. Okay. A new walker with fresh tennis balls. A nice pack of baseball cards. Um, and he also says, buy him cargo shorts. I should buy him a pack of new... <laughs> I should buy him new Velcro sandals with a pack of dress socks. And Haynes whitey tighties. No. Oh, God, why do I want to see his underwear? Why would you even say that? Oh. No. I'm going to... No. 
do you think uh bucket of bullets watches this show i'm i'm sure he does i i don't care yeah i have nothing to hide I, I, I look i don't i don't hate the guy but there's definitely I, not going to be this thing where i come to the middle and i try to be nice to dude like i'm just not like i'm not those gonna who, do that bro those who ra- want respect give respect yes to quote tony Soprano. yes dude underwear shopping for the new father to be no no like, uh i'm not man. doing it i'm not doing it. don't you owe that to your mother-in-law no, no. i don't no. No, I don't. No. What? What? No, I, no, no. I'm not doing that. Holy underwear. Jesus. Yes, yeah. exactly. So there you go. Damn. I don't know what we, we need to get him something. No. We do. No. Um, no. You know, nope. it is what it is. James Knight says, buy him some blue lollies to make him that to make that thing angry. OK. You know, Viagra. No, I can't comment on that. I know things I shouldn't know. Um, I'm just, look, I, I'm not somebody, I, I like having discord. I like having the conversation. He just is not that, he's not that guy, as the drop says. You're not that guy, pal. Yeah. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're, you're not, not that, that guy. guy. You're not. You're not. You're not. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, Greg Hawkins, you should go to the wedding and bring all this stuff with you. Yeah, Greg, you should. Maybe something cutting edge, like a Ford Pinto. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Dude. Oh, hey, real quick. Speaking of one question I thought was interesting on Twitter yesterday. Are you rooting for Ukraine? Or are you rooting for Russia? Or do you not care? No, I'm rooting for Ukraine. Putin can suck it. There. So for those of you who don't know, in uh, Maripol, in Ukraine, there are a lot. I mean, it's pretty much over. The Russians have isolated the Ukrainian resistance in a steel factory and vladimir putin instead of bombing that factory is going to starve them out so that they suffer and it just is that thing that is just so dr evil like that whole he does not only does he not like you he wants to see you suffer he wants you to suffer yeah i am a thousand percent rooting for ukraine a million percent, as much as possible, rooting for Ukraine. But at some point, and I don't know that it's our job, even though I am incredibly disappointed in Joe Biden as a president, I don't know that it's our job, but somebody's got to step up and do something because I feel like we're at a point now where it's getting critical in Ukraine. They pulled back and they regrouped, and Putin put new blood in place, because they had just lost so much collateral between humans and equipment. Yep. And now they have successfully regrouped. And somebody's got to do something because the human loss and the atrocities against humanity in Ukraine are becoming too much. Well, and I, and I think where I come down on this is that is that it's it's everybody wants to say oh well, we're america and we have the biggest and best military and x y and z and we're the best but then when it comes time to step up to the plate and actually be the leader of the free world and actually like do our job we don't do it and i'm not saying that we got to get involved in every single conflict i'm not saying that certainly not that it's our job to be over in europe playing police but what i am saying is that when when David versus Goliath is happening and David has has David has executed and done everything that they could possibly do, we should not drag our feet. We should go and handle business. And I think everyone immediately wants to go to, wow, what about nukes? And what about Pootie and the nukes? 
And I'm here to tell you that I don't think P Putin would use nukes. I really don't. Because, because what you're saying, if you're willing to play nuclear war with the U.S., you're willing to just burn your country to the ground. You're willing to be the, the, the guy who said the, rush, the end of Russia is here. Yeah. And he's not that guy. He's not. You're not going to do that. I, I, I don't know what will happen. I just I think it's one of these situations where nobody's going to win this. You just need to understand that. I think eventually, I, I mean, we already have forces there. Um, I don't think we ever do a full scale. You know, I, I don't. What's the word? Um, intervention. But I think I, I we're already there. I it, we're already putting equipment to, to there. Keep people in line. That's the thing. I'm not saying that yeah. that we need to step into Russian territory, right? We don't need to push Russia back and then go into Moscow. I'm not saying that. There's no need for that. What I am saying is that when someone can't defend themselves and you have the ability to do it, you should do it. Like that's a responsibility that we fulfill, that yeah. we do in the world. We are the literally our country leads the free world. So I just can't believe that, like, I can't believe that, that, you know, the UK or, or any of these other countries that are over there are not doing more. I, I, it's beyond me. I don't get it. Because yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it either. I, I just think, and this is what I want. Like, we certainly weren't going to get this from Trump and we definitely have not gotten it from Joe Biden. We just need to do the right thing most of the time. And right now, the right thing to do, in my opinion, is at some point, and I think now is that point, you've got to take a dramatic, large step. Yeah. Because we we are in a situation where I do think our natural national interests are being damaged in, in Ukraine. I think certainly with, with energy, I think certainly with loss of life, I mean, we went from we went from all of our politicians saying, well, yeah, we're going to withhold, you know, military assistance to Ukraine over Hunter Biden's laptop to now criticizing Joe Biden because he's not giving them military aid and monetary aid fast enough. Let's just do what needs to be done because the guy we're worried about shouldn't be the Ukrainians. It should be the Russians that we're worried about. What's after Ukraine? What happens well, when they take Ukraine? Then what? Are we going to get involved when they start going into the UK? But do you see that the thing is we had them right where we needed them. That's when we should have made a move. You look at all of their top military that has died in this war. Their top generals, their top equipment, their ships, their inability to launch um, missiles from sea is severely damaged right now. And yet they were able to 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 now regroup, use civilian vehicles to create a convoy to get back into Maripol and now push these troops into the steel plant. And they're going to starve the civilians and the troops out of that steel plant. Yeah. Unless somebody does something. And I don't know what the answer to that is. I really don't. I just, yeah. You know, I, I think it's frustrating. It's frustrating that we do not. Oh, stop eBay. Trump was way better than Biden and Obama for foreign policy. Trump held NATO accountable. Donald Trump wanted to pull out of NATO. Donald Trump wanted to end NATO. And by the way, don't get this twisted. 
When you look at the way that Donald Trump handled Ukraine, and if you don't by now realize there were much larger motives at play for Russia, Trump, and their dealings with Ukraine, your head is in the sand. You are choosing not to realize that Trump wanted a, a, a absolutely wanted creed and, and credit with the Russians. He wanted to be nominated again for a Nobel Peace Prize. And all the Russians ever wanted was to leverage Donald Trump for everything, including Ukraine. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is the same guy, your hero Trump, eBay is the same guy yesterday who, again, sat up on a TV show and denied that, that he lost the election in 2020. Knock it off. Still. He was not a guy that supported or did well in in fucking foreign policy. Look at the disaster he created in northern in North Korea. You really think there was there was positivity out of that? Like what else did he do? What else did he do foreign policy wise? Did Mexico pay for the wall? Nope, still haven't gotten that check. Get out of here with that. Like it it, it just it it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. I, I, it, it, I just the frustration that I have is that, and eBay's going on about the financial. It, NATO is not a perfect system, but you know when NATO works right fucking now when Russia's trying to take Ukraine. Not trying, they are, and it's still imperfect because we're still allowing them to do it. Like at some point. You just have to, you have to move on from your obsession. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Do you understand the evidence against Marjorie Taylor Greene and that group? Do you understand like what this January 6th committee has, has uncovered about Donald Trump's action on January 6th and what people like Marjorie Taylor Greene were doing and sharing and helping? You're crazy, man. You are absolutely crazy. You're just crazy. You're crazy. Anyway, there you go. I feel better now. Kenny says, politics are too hard for my pea brain. Okay. It's a weird obsession Trumpers have with him. It is. Kenny says, did I miss the sports? Yes, Kenny. Go back to the beginning of the show. Um, Bolton says, LOL, eBay, calm down, man. Okay. There you go. Don't be mad that Biden is running our country into the ground. Right, please. <laughs> You're how anyway. how long have you been recording Tucker Carlson every night? <laughs> like nobody's mad that Joe Biden's running the country into the ground. You know what we are? We we know he's doing it. Don't this is the only thing I'll <laughs> say before we get about? out of here. When someone questions you on Donald Trump, don't go to oh well Biden's running the country into the ground. That's how I know you're a casual on politics. That's how I know you have no basis for your arguments. It's just so obvious. Yeah. And, so, and anyway. There is no doubt. And eBay keeps going on. He said, I knew you wouldn't answer the threat to move out of NATO. You what, proved what my it, point. What is, he, thre he absolutely threatened to he move threatened out of NATO. He threatened to move out of NATO. And what you won't acknowledge is the only reason he was doing that is to get leverage in the in the Ukraine Putin triangle, if you will. You won't. You, you you just won't have an honest discussion about it. You're you have blinders on, man. And I'm not. I I am not a Biden guy. Did I vote for him? Yeah, I did. But that doesn't mean that that I think Biden's some some great 
What other life choice did you president, have? Dude, like, I, I, how many times do I have to say in this show that Joe Biden's been a disaster? Joe Biden hasn't been a good president, but what other choice did most yeah. Americans have? Yeah. What other choice did we have? You're, the you're real crazy. crime, the real crime that we should be talking about is that an embarrassment like Donald Trump and like Joe Biden are the only two options we have. There hasn't been a young, dynamic, new, fresh candidate in either party. So we're left for with, years. We're left with, let me guess, old white guys to run our country. We Sounds wind good. up and this is what's broken with politics in this country. We wind up talking about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and Joe Biden and the same old group of liver spotted fucks running for president every four years. There's no hell. Give me Paul Ryan. Give me somebody fresh that I can at least start tearing them apart to see if I can vote for them. Give me something other than fucking Bernie Sanders yesterday saying he wants to run for president again. Blow me, Bernie. I'm good, thanks. Give me somebody that... Stop throwing me Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Stop throwing me Cawthorn. Stop throwing me... Can we just get somebody who genuinely actually has a new, fresh idea about anything? No. Just one person. It's not an anti-Trump thing. It's an anti-political thing. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I don't want the Bush dynasty. I don't want the Clintons. I want new, fresh, forward thinking, energetic. I want I want to stop what we're doing right now, which is, oh, but his real reason and the truth is in QAnon and the votes and the voter machine. He lost the election. He lost the election. Let's move on. Joe Biden's been a terrible president. Can't run for president again. Kamala Harris isn't going to run for president because she'll get smoked. Let's move on. Let's move on. But instead, what do we get? We get Marjorie Taylor Greene and her role in the insurrection. And we get Nancy Pelosi and her stock buys. And I'm tired, man. Yeah. I'm tired. Cool. I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. It is what it is. All right, there you go. Yeah, we got to play the music because we actually have to go. Yeah, we have things to do today. Always good to talk politics. We need someone young in office. Uh, in Congress, they're all too old to know what's best for the country. They're stuck in the past, yes. Exactly right. Because people vote for who they don't want in, basically. So approval ratings would fix a lot of front Well, maybe. You guys have a great day. Always good to see you, my friends. Love and peace to all of you. Appreciate the Discord. Agree or disagree? Full Game 3 React tomorrow morning right here at the Monty Show. Make sure you shop our affiliate links. Subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. Love talking to you. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.